It's Philosophy Talk. What's your name, boy? Alias. Alias what? Alias anything you please. What are we calling you? Hell, just call him Alias. Alias it is. Today, personal identity. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. What determines a person's identity? By what name are you known? There are some who call me... Tim? You change all the time. Are you nevertheless forever stuck with a single identity? What's your name? Well, my name is Tim. And most people call me... Tim. Who are you? Our guest is Raymond Martin from Union College. Personal Identity, coming up on Philosophy Talk, after the news. Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. We're coming to you from the studios of KALW in San Francisco. Continuing conversations that began at Philosopher's Corner on the Stanford campus. Today, personal identity. We'll start by figuring out what philosophers mean by the phrase personal identity and why they think there is such a thing. Next, we'll look at some examples of personal identity, especially the puzzling cases, some real, like multiple personalities or Alzheimer's, and some imaginary, like brain transplants. Then we'll look at people's intuitive judgments about these cases and see if that helps us figure out what personal identity is. And finally, we'll look at the implications of theories of personal identity for issues about rationality and morality. You know, Ken, the term personal identity doesn't just belong to philosophers, unfortunately, I guess. People actually may be more familiar with the way psychologists tend to use the phrase. Well, I I think I know what philosophers mean by identity. Identity means there's just one thing. If you start out, if you got two things, A and B, and they're identical, well, there really aren't two of them. There's just one of them. So, Ken Taylor and Professor Taylor. There aren't two people there. There's just one. George Bush, Laura's husband. Not two people, but one person. Identity is just that. Identity. Uh, and when it's personal identity, when, it's when the objects involved are persons rather than anything else. What what else could we mean by personal identity? Well, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right, but most people commonly do mean something else by it. A person's identity is the attributes they have, or at least believe themselves to have, that are most important to them. Take Mike Huckabee, the Republican presidential candidate, for example. He says that being a Christian is part of who he is, part of his identity. It defines him. That's a sense in which people might say that it's part of his identity, while for someone else, being a Christian might not be such a big deal. He might easily think of himself as a Hindu or an atheist. I mean, I see what you mean, but that's quite a different use of uh, personal identity in the philosophical sense. I mean, suppose Mike Huckabee goes through a rough patch. He loses his faith, plunges into alcohol and crime, becomes a free thinker or maybe even an atheist, lands in prison, and then eventually, when he becomes president, converts to being a Democrat. His voters might be upset. He clearly would have changed his identity in the psychological sense, but we philosophers would say, what's the big deal? It's one and the same person who was once a Republican Christian and is now a Democratic atheist. That's what makes it interesting, really. It's just one person, this very same person, who undergoes these surprising and significant changes. Well, we had something like that happen, didn't we? I mean, we elected this guy, Bill Clinton, who seemed to be this... uh 
a very chaste uh, married guy, faithful to his wife, uh, and then somewhere along the second term, he became a, a, a skirt-chasing roué. Maybe I don't have my facts quite right. <laughs> yeah, I think but, he was always <laughs> like that. <laughs> but here's the puzzle. Suppose Mike Huckabee and Barack Obama are sharing a cab to the airport. There's a horrible accident. They both have grievous head injuries. Their brains are removed from their skulls so they can be patched up. Then the brains are put back in the skulls, but they get it wrong. The surgeons screw up. They put Huckabee's brain back into the body that was Obama's and vice versa. Yeah, and then we have two people waking up. One looks outwardly like an African-American, but he's claiming to be a white Republican from Arkansas. The other looks outwardly like a middle-aged white guy, but he claims to be a black Democrat from Illinois. Right, but who are they really? One answer is that the black guy is still Barack Obama, the white guy is still Huckabee, but they have each undergone a tremendous change in personality involving amnesia and delusions about their past. Identity in the philosophical sense, but not in the psychological sense. Or we could say that we have two guys with their memories and personalities pretty much intact. The accident didn't do anything to that, but they just have changed bodies. Okay, so which is it? It's medically impossible. That's a cop-out. But maybe our expert guest Raymond Martin from Union College can help us come up with an answer. Yes, but first it's our roving philosophical reporter, Zoe Corneli, who cast about for some insights into how to understand personal identity. She files this report. I wanted to come up with a weighty rumination on the nature of personal identity. Then I realized Hollywood had already done it for me. For example, the 1999 Spike Jones movie Being John Malkovich, written by Charlie Kaufman, tells the story of a hapless puppeteer fascinated by the idea of getting out of his own head. Perhaps the idea of becoming someone else for a little while, being inside another skin, thinking differently, moving differently, feeling differently. He succeeds, literally, when he discovers a portal that leads directly into the brain of actor John Malkovich. I mean, it raises all sorts of philosophical-type questions, you know, about the nature of self, about the existence of a soul, you know? Am I me? Is Malkovich Malkovich? Do you see what a metaphysical can of worms this portal is? The film's protagonists decide to cash in on the phenomenon, selling tickets for the opportunity to spend 15 minutes inside Malkovich. From there, the movie descends into a bizarre, semi-fantastical dreamscape. But the point remains, it raises deep questions about the nature of the self. Besides wondering whether it's possible to become someone else, the film world has also asked whether our bodies and brains define who we are. In Freaky Friday, both the original 1976 version and this remake with Lindsay Lohan, a mother and daughter come to understand each other better after magically switching bodies. It's me, Mom. You're not my mother. Yes, I am. Get away, you clone freak! Don't you use that tone with me. Oh my God, you are my mother. Following on the theme of brain exchange, the 1974 Mel Brooks flick Young Frankenstein famously taught us that the quality of your brain is crucially important in determining your personality. Would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in and you won't be angry i will not be angry abby someone abby someone abby who abby normal abby normal are you saying that i put an abnormal brain 
into a seven and a half foot long, 54 inch wide gorilla. All of these films seem to suggest identity is malleable to the extent that we can alter our brains. Fortunately, the wonders of modern science have so far stopped short of the full brain transplant, but who's to say it won't happen someday? Now, on the other hand, let's say your body and brain are perfectly intact, but one day you discover you've got a double with exactly the same genes, same memories, everything. This question was handled elegantly in the 150th episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. Through a fluke in the Beamer Upper, or whatever it's called, Trekkies forgive me, an extra copy of Commander Riker gets abandoned on an alien planet for eight years until the Enterprise comes back and finds him again. Trouble ensues. Who are you? Who are you? I'm Commander William Riker from the Federation Starship Enterprise. It's not possible. I'm Will Riker. Inevitably, because it's TV, this episode wraps up with everyone pretty much happy. The copy of Riker goes off to a new job on a different ship, and the original Riker gets to keep his life the way it is. But the important question here is, is either one of them more authentically Riker than the other one? Good luck, Will. I actually thought I might go with the name Thomas. Your middle name. I guess we really are different. I never really cared for that name. Well... I sort of like it. For Philosophy Talk, I'm Zoe Cornelia. Want to hear more? You can find the complete episode on iTunes Music, or for unlimited listening, become a subscriber at philosophytalk.org.